It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. WFO 2021 NHRA Camping World Series Parade of Champions. Greg Anderson going to join us on this show. Fans of the factory hot rods. You are going to love it. We're going to sit down with GA and have a nice wide ranging conversation about what he did and how he did it and what he does and what he will do. It's going to be great. Just seconds from now. If you're a fan of the factory hot rods, you know, I start every show off the same way, like share the show, right? Like there are many drag racing fans that would love to hear these in-depth interviews. They just got to end up with them in their email box or on their social media. So share the show, retweet you guys on YouTube. Uh, like, click the bell, all that stuff. We got Greg Anderson just seconds away. We're going to talk about the way the season concluded and a whole bunch of questions. And maybe you guys will even get to ask a question of Greg just seconds from now. I do want to shout out to our sponsors, the people who make it possible for WFO Radio to continue the way it does. After Greg, I'll tell you some stories about maybe me racing at the Citrus Nationals this weekend. Maybe that'll go down. Some things that are happening since we last parted ways. Some new information has come to light. I'll tell you all about that and the WFO store and all that. But first, real quick, the sponsors who make it possible, like Marvin Rodak down there in Fort Worth, Texas. Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com, 817-924-6821. Marvin, he's a grillmeister. He's been on TV for his grilling prowess and skills. He roasts coffee fresh per your order. People want it from all around the world. It's coffee from all around the world. Mates, amazing stuff. Call Marvin, 817 817- 9246821 and total seal piston rings the leader in ring seal technology just dropped an episode of hidden horsepower the podcast this morning featuring Gary Stinnett from Emporia Kansas the four-time super comp world champ runs stock runs super stock great racer has got all kinds of great anecdotes and stories and like a today's guest uh, also worked with Warren Johnson you're going to want to hear Stinnett what he has to say, uh, it's a great episode. Not just like what to think, but how to think, how to think about certain uh, topics to make your car go faster. Uh, you're going to love it. You're absolutely going to love it. But don't go right now, though, because we got Greg Anderson right now. Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Start your education at full speed. Blockhead, CNC programming, EFI tuning. Think about EFI coming in. Remember when that happened? That was amazing. It's like, it feels like 100 years ago. Samtech.edu and Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the dragster adventure where you can drive a dragster and maybe work your way up to pro stock. It makes a great gift. FrankHawley.com. All right, let's bring on the guest of honor. He is the 2021 NHRA Camping World Pro Stock World Champion, Greg Anderson. Greg, you did it. Good afternoon, Joe. Is it afternoon? Yeah, I know it's afternoon now. Afternoon. A couple of minutes. Wow. You know, we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago after the big win in Dallas, and that was tremendous. You were able to go out there and kind of get the, if there was a monkey on your back, that's an old saying, but break through the milestone of 97 wins, get the 98th win. You're there with Oliver. It was great, but there was no rest, right? There was another milestone. Well, what good would winning 98 races be if you lost the championship? So you had to really knuckle down. You did. And, and, and you're right. It would have been a letdown for sure. If I didn't close the deal at the end of the year, I've always said on the, on the years that I have won the championship, you like to have on your resume that, that same year, number one, that you won Indy. And I didn't check that off the list this year, but you'd like to be able to check off winning the event, going out, you know, winning the, the final event when you want to be a champion. And, and that's certainly makes you feel the best. You hate to be sitting on the sidelines and watching everybody else race and, and 
then wait for your trophy presentation at the end of the deal. So you want to steal all the thunder and, and, and you want to close the deal right. And uh, thank the Lord we did. It was a great season. We had a great season, Joe. Obviously, we led the, the points uh, series all year long. And, and as I said, it would have been a, a real shame to me to to squander it at the end of the year and give it up at the end of the year. And, and uh, we certainly made things interesting at Las Vegas and, and created a lot of drama at Pomona, but we got her done. So thankful for that. Thankful for everybody that's uh, involved with this program and that helps us out. And, and uh, great, great team team victory here. And, and we're all still smiling. We're, uh, we're excited as can be. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And you're going to be doing a lot of media. You're going to be doing something next week with folks at EPAR Trade. You're going to be at PRI. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, I'm excited. I want to talk to you about all of that. But I want to focus back in on the Auto Club Finals weekend because you won, you won the race also, which is really cool. You won on a whole shot over Kyle Koretsky, one of the great young talents out there. Um, but it was a very busy weekend. Uh, by the way, everybody, we're going to have Bob Tasca on also. Don't think that we're going to skip Bob Tasca just because he didn't, he wasn't a world champion. We'll have him on. But there was a moment that you got me worried because I'm always worried, maybe, maybe paranoid about the racing gods, right? Like when you act too confident, they want to smack you down. And on Saturday, you said something, I believe it was to Amanda. I've never been more confident, confident. We're going to take this thing home, like real confident words. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, that's the kind of thing some people are afraid to say. You weren't afraid to say things like that. And you delivered ultimately. So clearly you had the best car all year long, 12 number one qualifiers, ended up with four wins. Um, but you were really confident going into that finals. Tell me why. Well, I, I just all I got to do is look at everything I'm surrounded with. I'm surrounded with what I believe is the best car out there all year long. I know the car is going to run fast. It certainly proved through qualifying. It was going to run great. I knew the guys would do a great job on Sunday with that racetrack. You know, it was, it was bright sunshine every day. And, and you didn't really have a big change of, of conditions for Sunday. You had pretty much the same conditions you had in qualifying. So I knew the boys would do a great job with the race car. It's just everything that's involved with this program right now, all the great people that are involved, including all the great sponsors, the Hendrick Group, the Summit Group, the Chevrolet group, all our great sponsors. It just, it builds confidence in you to, to, to realize what you've got behind you and all the people you've got supporting you. So I, I probably, after the Vegas race, got a little bit down on myself. And, and I, I come to the conclusion that if I go into Pomona down on myself and, and, and you know, almost expecting to, to lose, I'll lose. No question about it. My wife tells me that all the time. If you think like that, you're definitely going to lose. You got to think like you're going to win. So I try to tell everybody, I try to tell myself, basically, I was just trying to convince myself that I was going to be the champion that day and I was going to get it done. So it, it, it just, you know, it's a mind game out there, Joe. There's no question about this. This this whole deal is is 90%, 95% mental. And if you can convince yourself that you're doing, going to do a great job, then usually you can. If you've got any self-doubt, then you probably won't. It's really that simple. So that's what that was all about. You know, and I think about that all year long because you had you had the, the number one qualifier, 12 of 17 races. And so uh, in theory, you have the field covered, but they were taking shots at you. Uh, we all know why. Right. Like whenever anyone gets up against a milestone years ago, you shared with us the that you got up to make sure Erica didn't get her first win against you. It's just a racer thing. If it wasn't that way, we wouldn't be watching. So everyone was really taking shots to beat you, to try to stop you. And there were some runs where you had a 40 light, some uh, sometimes worse. 
but the lesson of not getting down on yourself, of shaking it off. But how do you do that, though? And that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, as a champion driver, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go play golf or something. How do you not get down on yourself when, man, you look at the result and you say to yourself, I was the reason that that one, we didn't, we didn't get that one. But don't worry, we'll rally back and get this thing done in the end. And you did. That's a tough, that's a tough thing. You have to convince yourself. You just absolutely have to beat it into your own head that you're going to get it done. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't pull it off every time. I, I, I am not the best at controlling my mind and, and I'm going to slip once in a while. And I've said it a million times now. It, it seems like when I was younger, you could do the program right, you know, darn near all the time. And as I get older and, and, and age creeps in, and I don't know that that's the excuse or not. It seems like I can still do it. I just can't seem to do it every single time. And that's obviously a lack of focus. So you have to convince yourself that you can do it four times in a row on this particular day. Don't worry about last week. Don't worry about next week or tomorrow. Today, you just need four in a row good quality runs. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know that I did a, that great a job with it on Sunday. But I, I at the right time, I come up with the right light and at the right run. And that's really all that matters. And the box score... A month from now or two months, three months from now, nobody will remember exactly what lights people had and what people ran. All you'll remember is who won the race. So that's what I look at. I Well, I appreciate that. And we've got our audience, the WFO Universe, and many Greg Anderson fans out there watching, fans of Pro Stock. Hopefully we'll share in all those various Facebook groups devoted to Pro Stock. Everybody's saying what's up. And if it's okay with you, Greg, if one of them out there in the audience has a question of interest, something that we can uh, have you answer. I'm going to invite them to ask you some questions. Is that okay? Yeah, fire away. All right, fire away. Uh, congrats on your championship, says Monica. And Bill says, congratulations, Greg. And uh, pretty amazing. I don't know. I felt like a little bit more of a outpouring from the fans for you this year. Like, I don't know. Years ago, you were kind of a... <laughs> Maybe a bad guy, and this year you were more of a good guy, and we saw that happen to Dale Earnhardt and Daryl Waltrip and Jeff Gordon. And what is it about these guys that you know win too much when they're a young guy? When they get a little older, everybody likes them. Yeah, I don't know if it's just that, or I just haven't won that much lately. But maybe it's a sympathy vote. I don't know. It's it's uh, maybe it, it's people just thought thought it was finally time to throw the old guy a bone. I guess I, I don't know. It's it's been a bit of a dry spell. Obviously, it's been eleven years since I won a championship. And, and certainly haven't gone on, you know, big winning streaks lately. So this was probably my most positive year from start to finish. And uh, I don't know, it just, I got some sympathy this year, I guess. I gained a few new fans by just uh, trying to play it even and play it play right and, and do things right and be kind to everybody and, and just appreciate the fact that I get to do what I do. That's Maybe that showed through more this year. Maybe that's what it's all about. So and it's the truth. I honestly did enjoy it more this year i appreciated it more and we talked about why you know a few races ago and and i guess people see that and, and you know by god that's that's something people take to so i'm thankful for that i love it i love it so we got it up there if you got a question for five-time world champion greg anderson use the comment section uh and maybe we'll ask the question so i have one a question i just because i was thinking about this too you mentioned that it has been since 2010 since you won a championship and that people, you know, they don't remember this or that. Do, do you remember who you beat for that 2010 championship? Like, is that something like, do you remember the races? Do you remember who finished second? And uh, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I couldn't. And I went yes. back and now I know, of course, it's like I said, nobody will remember a few months from now, the exact box score on this whole deal. All they remember is who won. And I don't remember 
who I ended up beating in 2010. I can remember some tough losses, though. I remember a tough loss to Bo Butner by three points or seven points, whatever it was, on the last run of the last day at Pomona, and I lost to Jason Line by one of them was three points, one was seven points. So two crushing losses, and, and I've I've had some just absolute heartbreakers at Pomona. So I remember those, I guess, more than I want, remember the ones I won. So it was great to finally end up on the other side of the coin this year, and, and uh, I just thank my lucky stars. It's really that simple. Get get this. So just to show you know how much can change in a decade, right? From 2010 to 2021, you won in 2010 over Greg Stanfield. Greg Stanfield, who is an excellent racer, is now the, the Stanfield Racing Engines. His kid is a world champ. He is a stock, super stock world champ this year. So you guys are all champions together in 2021. But Stanfield was second. I remember that. Mike Edwards, third. Shane Gray fourth, like where are these guys, right? Jason was fifth, Alan Johnson sixth, Jed Coughlin seventh, Ron Krischer with Doc Surf was probably working on the car. Eighth, Roger Brogdon and Johnny Gray rounding out the top 10. Guys that were not in the top 10, V. Gaines, Kurt and Warren Johnson, Bob Yonke, Larry Morgan, Ronnie Humphrey, Ricky Jones. Like that was the sport in 2010. Wow. They've compared all dropped to out. Wow. That's yeah. incredible that I'm still the one standing. Out of all those people, I'm still the one standing. I, I don't know if that means that I'm just more stubborn than the rest of them, or, or I have no idea what it means. I guess I'm fortunate, but wow, yeah, that, that, that's incredible to know all those names, and they're not out there racing anymore. They're not out there racing anymore. And one of those names that's not racing anymore is in your engine shop, Jason Line. How big a part, someone was asking this, how big a part of this championship was Jason being locked in the engine room or doing whatever he does, like finding horsepower. You did have the field covered by, it felt like, you know, between two and three hundredths at times. Yeah. I don't think anybody out there can argue that, that we had our best performance year in a lot of years this year. So how can you not say that had, it didn't have something to do with it. That's certainly what everybody's going to think. And I certainly believe it. it. I will laugh at one thing though. You know, he, he, he he likes staying home. He likes working on the stuff. We didn't see him much at the racetrack this year. He didn't come to Pomona. He came to Vegas, and I think he came to Dallas maybe. So he came to a couple of races, and he did not come to Pomona. And from what I hear, him sitting on the couch at home watching this, I think he was the most nervous person. <laughs> I hear this from his wife. He was a complete wreck, a complete shipwreck, couldn't handle the pressure. So that just goes to show you how much he does miss it and how much – you know, he still takes it to heart. Even though he's not at the racetrack, he still takes it to heart, still acts like he's right there. So I kind of chuckle at that, and I told my wife the same thing. She says, you have no idea how nervous everybody was on that starting line, and, and everybody was just basically ready to throw up. And I laughed, and I said, you know, the funny thing is it's easier on the inside of the car than it is on the outside. I had those days with Warren where I was on the outside of the car, and it's absolutely more nerve-wracking being on the outside of the car, and then you take a jump back, totally across the country to where Jason was, it's worse yet again. So I think the closer you are to it, you know, the the the, the more you can block out the pressure, I guess. At least as a driver, you feel like you do, and, and you don't quite feel all that pressure. So inside the car is a place to be. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, powerless, being powerless. Like, I, I have um, – I'm an impartial viewer, right? I've got a great relationship with Erica. I've got a great relationship with you guys. Like, whichever way it goes, it's going to be a, uh, a five-time champion. And I could just feel, like, this uneasy, uncomfortable thing. But looking at you guys in the car, watching you do the burnout, it was like, wow, that's what being a professional means. 
being able to perform at the highest level, not muff a burnout or have a problem. Like you muff a burnout, you lose a championship that lasts forever. Um, yes. But you guys all got through it. All right, here's a question from Derek. And this is kind of a follow on question to something he was mentioning a couple weeks ago. Reinhardt talks about it all the time. Um, you know, Greg, is KB going to build you a new car or will you continue to run a non KB car? Uh, I want you to elaborate on that because he heard you say something about that the car that you have is a non KB car. I, I know it's got the green light on. So I think that Derek Kramer had that car previously. I think that that's where this championship run actually started at the end of 2019. Tell that story if you can. And, and what about getting a new car chassis? What's the plan for that? It definitely is where this whole whole climb up the mountain started. When I switched cars, I, I had built a new car a couple, three years back. And we ran that car for two, three years in, in a red car, if you'll remember. And for whatever reason, we, we struggled on Sundays with it. We just couldn't find, we could qualify great with it. It would run great. We just couldn't manage the racetrack on Sunday. And, and, you know, it's like every single car you have, you have to treat them a little bit different. And, and they all got a, di a little bit different sweet spot and, and a different tuning window that you can kind of live in. And some cars seem to have bigger tuning windows than others, where if you miss a little bit, the car still makes it down the track. This particular car, for whatever reason, if we missed a little bit, it didn't make it down the track. So we finally got frustrated and, and, and we, we were desperate. And Dave Kramer offered to borrow he was building a new car, so he offered to borrow us the car that they had run all that previous year, which had run very well. It was a good car. So we jumped at that opportunity, jumped in it, and ever since then, we basically started performing better and racing better on Sundays, and the car just had, it seemed like a wider tuning window. So, yes, long story short, that's Dave Kramer's car. Still belongs to him. I think we would love to, to, to get a chance to buy that car at some point <laughs> if we could from him, but I don't know if he's willing to sell it. So... Yes, I, I thank him, and, and, and he certainly turned our fortunes around, and uh, it's been a great deal ever since. So, unfortunately, that, that that car does not belong to KB Racing, not just yet anyway. We would like to be part of our stable, but it's not just yet, and uh, it belongs to Dave Kramer, and it's what, without a doubt, changed our fortunes and, and got us on the, on the road to winning races and winning championships. Amazing. And, uh, but to, just for the semantics of the deal, like a KB car, it's not owned by Greg Anderson and KB racing, but it's owned by a KB client, the Kramer family, but yeah. everything it's built by Jerry Haas and everything that is done to it, touched on it is KB because, uh, that's what happens over there as well. Right? Like you yes. got, you got the Heiner light, but other than that, well, other than that, it's, it's just another, quality built Jerry Haas race car it fit right in our stable. And then we had already worked on that car. I think we prepped the car for him before he jumped in it when it was brand new. So we didn't really have to change anything, but, but the driver's seat in the thing. And, and uh, you know, we took right off with it. So it's a great car. And, and uh, you know, ever, ever since we did, we switched, we've run that red car that I previously ran before with other drivers and it's performed great. So obviously it was something that I was doing or something driver related and it's not the car's fault. The car's turned out to be a great car for everybody else that's driven it since and is still part of our stable. And, and it's uh, it's been a great car. So I don't have all the answers, but we've seen that in the past. And it, it just sometimes you just got to make a move. You got to switch to different pipe, as they say. And, and usually when you do that, your fortunes get better. I have no earthly idea why the cars are all built as close to the same as they can be built. So there shouldn't be any difference, but they all have their own personality. All right. Uh, Lauren says, congratulations. Earl says, congrats, Greg. He is the bad guy, but he could sell more races uh, than anybody. Than everybody loves, loves, loves the good guy. 
bad guy thing. Like everybody loves the bad guy. I don't think you're the bad guy though. I, th I think it changes, right? Like yeah. this year, you know, maybe, maybe elite were the bad guys this year. It's not always the same, uh, but I love the fact that you guys got to race and being on the starting line and hopefully everybody at home felt that the significance of that run. Oh my gosh. And so now the two most significant runs of pro stock this century have been you and Erica, uh, 2019, you and Erica first round where she won and 2021, you and Erica semifinals where you won. Just tell me about that run, the brain trust, the guys planning, preparing, uh, you got to be in the, the good, the good lane. Um, although it was pretty good for kid chaos in the final round over there, but, uh, just tell me about that run. Well, you know, we didn't really have to do a whole lot of things different. We had a great car, every qualifying run, every run on race day up until that round had the same lane and had, as you say, had earned lane choice because of making all those great runs. So proud of the guys for that. They, they, they won the battle on us like Kyle Larson winning the pit crew battle on that last pit stop. So it, yes. it, it, it's a team effort and we got lane choice because of the team, nothing I did. So, you know, they set me up with it, with a chance to win and an, an advantage because of that. But I think both myself and Erica wanted it to come down to us handling in it ourselves against each other and not having to sit back and count on someone else to do our dirty work, whatever you want to call it. And, and we, we wanted to win head to head. And no matter how it went, we wanted to be able to settle it, you know, in person with each other. And that's the way it turned out. It's just the racing gods. That's how they schedule the ladder. And, and, and it worked out that way. And, and everything went our way. But at least it came down to us, you know, one-on-one. -on -one, and that's the way it should be. That's the way I like it. That's the way I'm sure she likes it. And, uh, you know, she didn't get the best of it this time. But she's obviously a great racer. And it certainly could have easily, very easily gone the other way. So that, that's just a... Another Titanic battle that we've had, and I'm hoping and praying there'll be a whole, whole bunch more down the road between the two of us. And uh, I think we both know that we've got to fight off a lot of these young cats for that to continue to happen. But we did it this year, so somehow we were able to bring the focus back down to the two of us to the final race, and uh, we're pretty darn happy about that. But uh, we'll see what happens next year. Try and repeat, but but a lot of people out there that want nothing to do with that. Well, yeah, but you get you do have milestones, right? Like the hundredth win. That's thank you for pushing that off to next year for us. And uh, we get to carry around signs and talk about it, uh, but that's going to be a big deal and we'll see where it ends up. All right. Marvin Rodak out there. Can, are you superstitious on race day? I usually do try to wear a lucky pair of underwear that have won before. And, and when I go through a few races where they don't win, then they're out the door and we get a new set. So we bought a new set this week. We definitely broke out a, a brand new pair on Sunday at Pomona and, and it got the job done. So past that, I probably don't have a lot of superstitions and that, that was obviously a, a stupid one, but I do probably live by that and, and whatever it takes to, I'll try anything. I'm not against anything. I'm a believer in anything that happens. There's, there's a reason for everything. And who knows that that may be the only reason I won the championship this year because we went out and bought a, a new pair of lucky underwear this week. Those uh, racing gods, they're very uh, challenging. Okay, outside of uh, driving, what are your responsibilities at KB Racing? This is Okay, I, I work in the, the engine department at KB Racing, and, and by, by that I mean I do, you know, a lot of jobs with the engine. I assemble engines, I machine parts for the engines, I do pretty much all the piston machining that we do on, on these engines. Jason runs the dyno, he does all the dyno operating, uh, but pretty much I'll do any other job that, that comes down to building an engine. And, and that completely switched for me 
the year that I left Warren, when I left Warren's, I was a car guy. I, I worked from the firewall back. And then when I went on my own and I didn't really have the education on, on how to work on engines and stuff, but I, I learned that from both Jason Line and, and Joe Hornick, who worked for us at the time, to how to work on engines. And, and since then, I became an engine guy. So I completely switched careers, not only from WJ to myself, but from a car guy, a clutch and transmission and rear end guy to an engine guy. So rear of the firewall to now forward of the firewall. That's where I focus nowadays. And, and everything firewall back, that's handled by Rob Downing and all the great crew that I've got. And uh, I don't mess with it anymore. I don't stick my nose in it. And I stay focused on the engine department. But I uh, I stay busy every day working on engines and, and uh, taking engines apart, putting them together, building new ones, you know, machining parts for them, anything that goes into building an engine. Wow. Well, that's great, though. That's a, another signal to folks out there that you can switch directions midstream, uh, middle age and beyond to learn a new skill and trade and mix it up with the greatest in the world. Like that's pretty uh, that's a pretty big statement right there. Yeah, no, I, I, and I'm glad for it. And I think I really believe it makes me a better driver to, to know about really from front bumper to rear bumper. I, I've worked on every part of that race car in, in my career and, and I know everything that goes into it. So. All those things that happen out there, the things that you feel in a race car, I think that makes me a better driver. So uh, I wouldn't give it up for the world. Obviously, the new breed of driver is is kind of a guy that just jumps in the car, goes out, try to cut a light. But I'm probably not that. The light probably comes way down the list of, of, of my responsibilities. And unfortunately, that costs me sometimes. But I love it. I love the fact that I work on the part. And when I leave a race, if I get my tail kicked, at least when I go home, I know I can try to change my fortune for the next race. And, and some of these other guys that maybe just drive a race car and they take a tough loss, they go home and they really just have to wait and depend on somebody else to make things better for them to give them a chance to win the race next time. And I love the, the fact that I can kind of take it into my own hands and, and try and change my fortune for the next race. Great stuff. Terry Sutton out there from Liberties. Congratulations on the championship from all of us at Liberties. I, I love the fact that people in the industry are logging on, tuning in to wish you congratulations. And yeah, like all those vendors, right? Like there's probably so many with the, we've tried to be less secretive in pro stock recently, but you've got to have some differences from uh, your competitors. There's uh, clandestine stuff going on. I'm sure a lot of people are very proud of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I personally this year can't wait to go to the PRI show and be able to personally thank all those great vendors that help us. The, the, the list is so long, you can't name them all, but they all know who they are and they're going to get a visit from me and a great big thank you. Because honestly, without any single one of them, we wouldn't have been where we were this year. We wouldn't have done what we did. So they're all just as big a part of it as any other one is on that race car. And you can't do it without them. There's some people that built some great products and, 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 and you know, from from front bumper to rear bumper, the, the oils in the cars, the, the maximum oils. I mean, it's just, it takes every bit of that to, to create this winning formula. So I thank them all. And, and uh, like I said, I can't wait till I get the PRI show to personally thank them. Let's look at a couple of photographs that I took or were sent to me over the course of the year. I mean, obviously this one, you yeah. and Oliver, we talked about that, but this was a big moment. Atlanta dragway pre-race uh, you know, masks still on. And and that helps me realize like, wow, we really have come a long way. Uh, I remember being at Charlotte and they're like, take them off. We're good. It's not it's not a, a thing that we're going to mandate anymore. But um, you were saying goodbye to Atlanta Dragway in this and all the race fans. And uh, beforehand being out there, I believe this is also Atlanta Dragway kind of swarmed by race fans. Uh, you and Kim after a race win, I think that is also Atlanta. Just 
so many weird, uh, you know, emotional connections this season, things happening, tracks going away uh, for the last time, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of, a lot of heavy emotion. Well, definitely with Atlanta for sure. And, and that shot on the stage there, if you'd have probably got a shot 15 seconds before that, I think Warren was up on the stage with me. So yes. Obviously a special day. And, and, you know, we talked a lot about all the great times we spent at Atlanta Dragway and, 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 it's a shame for me to lose that one because all those years I had with Warren, all the time we spent at Atlanta, it feels like everybody that was out there, all the fans that were out there, I recognized every face that was there. And, and you just, you know, you had a personal relationship with a lot of them. So it's a shame for it to leave. And it's a sad, it was a sad day. And, and uh, you know, it's a it was a memorable one because we won. And, and I think we got within one of Warren's record on that, on that race and, and finally got him, a little bit nervous in the shoes that maybe we were going to get this deal done. So that was kind of cool. That, that felt great. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of stories we talked about, the two of us, and Arlene too. So it was a cool weekend. Unfortunately, it's the last cool weekend in Atlanta we're going to have. So that's a sad story to end it like that way. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Let's build some tracks. All right, Jolie Stanfield, uh, and, you know, Aaron Stanfield's bride, uh, who is a WFO Super Listener Patreon. Who is the toughest competitor you've raced against over the years? Well, your father-in-law was certainly one of them. Greg was definitely one of the toughest characters I ever raced. He was a heck of a heck of a racer. Uh, uh, tough. To, he, he knew how to win. He absolutely knew how to win. There was many days that he didn't have the best race car, and he'd still find a way to win and, and, and beat you. So he was very tough. Mike Edwards absolutely is probably at the top of my list. That guy, I mean, he was tough as nails. Jim Yates was tough as nails. But Mike Edwards was uh, he just was a complete racer. He knew how to do everything there was to do on a race car, plus drive it. And, and I related to him so closely, and, and I respected what he did because I know what that's that part of it's all about. And, and uh, you know, he did it on his own. And, and he honestly, he never had a big crew to help him, but he always had great guys, but he never had a big crew. He did a ton of the work himself, plus drove the car fantastically. And, and I can't tell you how many times he beat me and, and how much I respected him for that so the, the list goes on jim yates could win it, it, jim yates i used to say could, could cut you with a butter knife he was he was such a, a tough tough racer he'd find a way and and uh, that's why he won so many races won championships so the, the list goes on and on but those three stand out for sure no i love it i love it okay Gre uh, mike good question julie way to go eric saying happy thanksgiving to you and the family out there mike Hap says, uh, how is the parts situation for pro stock teams? Are you guys having issues as well as getting the parts and pieces you will need for 2022? I started hearing this, you know, during the pandemic, speaking with Frank Iaconio. He's like, yeah, we got one one really good engine that we love, but like duplicating it is a challenge because parts, pieces, uh, availability of just materials is a challenge. We all are living that right now. But how about pro stock specific? Yeah, for sure. And, and on it, it didn't just start now. It's been going on for the last six months. It's been hard. Very difficult to get parts. We've been able to get parts, but it takes a long time, a lot more lead time. So you really have to plan forward and you have to order way ahead of when you think you'll need stuff, which is very tough in this game. But that that's become the new norm. You know, if you need a set of pistons, you need a set of rods, you need crankshafts instead of a six month or a six week, I'm sorry, lead time, you better triple that. You better at least double or triple that. So it's just uh, it's the new price of, of the game. I don't know when it's going to end, uh, hopefully soon, but it started a while back. It probably started six months ago for us, and we've been able to work around it. Yes, it's been tough, but we've been able to work around it, and there's been no showstoppers so far. There's been no no particular product that we just flat couldn't get. So thank God they're, they're delayed, but we can still get them. 
Excellent. Dominic, do you really feel the better the competition, the better you get? Absolutely. No doubt about it. Without a doubt, I, I, uh, you have to have something that drives you every day, especially as you get older, you got to have more push, more drive. And, and these young guys that came in the class this year, I already had Erica to try and find a way to, to, to beat, which is certainly enough of a challenge. But then you bring all these young guys that every single one of them has zero problem cutting a light. They're in great power. They're in great cars. They can run just as fast as you. They know how to win. They're not scared of anybody. They could care less that you're in the other lane, how many wins you got. So that has forced me to try and become a better racer. And, and you know, what people probably don't understand, there's so many things that that go into driving a pro stock car that make you a, a good racer, basically. It's not just cutting a light. That's certainly a huge part. That's what everybody talks about. But you've got to shift these crazy things absolutely perfect every time down the racetrack within 50 100 rpm every gear you've got to steer them perfectly you got to keep them in the groove you just you got to stage them properly you can't you can't muff the burnout you can't do anything wrong so all that goes into making quality runs so that i think you know i've really tried to focus on that this year do a better job of making quality runs every time down the racetrack because you, you just can't have any any throwouts anymore and, and you, you make a bad run nowadays you go home right away you don't you don't get a second chance so I'm proud of that. And yes, no question. The tough competition has forced me to up my game. All right. Couple, couple more questions for Greg. Then I got one, this one I'm, I got, I got to hit you with this, but it's not, you know, it's not a serious question. Drag race central wants to know why Alan is not allowed in the shop. He has, uh, he has, this is known to everyone and uh, drag race central wants to know why. And I just want to say to everyone out there, I've been in the shop anyway, continue. Well, obviously, you know, it, it started with Jason, but 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 I'm in full agreement with him. Alan just I mean, he's first of all, he's he's on the microphone all the time talking to everybody. He's a talker. He loves to talk. I guess he loves to hear himself talk. But <laughs> you, you can't. I don't feel that we could trust whatever he saw here, or experienced here, or learned here wouldn't go outside these walls. And, and that's what it's all about in pro stock. You love to think that you have something special in your own shop. And for all I know, we do the same things here that everybody else does in every other shop, but we still believe that we do something different here. We do something special and we want to keep it to ourselves. It's really that simple. And uh, it's just a trust factor. Can we trust Alan? We don't believe so. And it just done deal. That, that's, that's your answer. And that's, that's the best way I can put it. It's a trust factor. Wow. No, that's very, very interesting. And uh, see, for a guy like me, I don't know what the heck I'm looking at. And so, nice. That's ignorance. You. Ignorance is bliss. A bit yeah, of used to work in pro stock shops. So we certainly know that. And he knows the parts well. He knows the equipment. So a little bit more danger there. There you go. Walt, any truth to the rumor that he's starting that there'll be a KB powered factory experimental car driven by Cody? Congrats, Greg, <laughs> says Walt Walker. <laughs> Not yet. No plan yet, but but things change by the day around here. You never know. It's uh I don't know much about the whole class yet i learned about it for the first time when we went to pomona i was shocked so now it's time to learn about it and figure out what it's all about maybe it is something we want to be involved with and, and uh, someday do i want to get cody you know involved behind the wheel absolutely so i don't think there's a huge rush to do that i didn't start driving until i was 37 years old so he's got time yet and it, it, you know his life's certainly not over so uh, be patient and someday it'll happen i hope but uh, maybe that's the class i have no idea we'll just see what the future brings it's an interesting deal and i'm just starting to learn about it uh, never say never i'm excited about it honestly the uh, i mean i get it like i love the cars as they are but as soon as they announce that there will be liberties and 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 clutches and 
stock bodies. I definitely that, like that part of it. Yes. Yeah. I, I wish they would just uh, take those bodies and have you guys put them on your cars. I don't want to cost you any money, but uh, I think they would be pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. Mark uh, Caruso out there saying congratulations to the whole team. Uh, and uh, of course, Camry going to be out there next Love year. Another lady racer. Class, buddy. Some saying a two car team. Uh, I don't know. That could be very interesting. Yeah, no kidding. More the more the better. Obviously, this class is, I think, on the upswing, and we welcome everybody. It's it's absolutely got room for for plenty more, and and the excitement I think is is the best it's ever been in the class, and the the chances to win are higher for for all newcomers than they've ever been. So absolutely, come on in. It's uh, the water's fine, as they say. Come on in and dive into the deep end. Okay, so when you win championships, weird stuff happens. Like, you know, your places and things are happening and people recognize you, whatever. So I'm going to play a little video for you, and then you'll give me your reaction, okay? Here we go. <laughs> so uh, you weren't mad were you no i wasn't mad but you got me there you definitely got me I, I i'll tell you a funny to that i don't know if i told you this before or not so two minutes before that i had gone to the back of the plane to to, to use the restroom right and, and the plane was kind of dark inside and i got to the back and, and the flight attendant was back there and, and i came back there and i think i had one of these shirts on and she's like you know they're there's supposed to be somebody on this plane that's apparently works for that Hendrick and, and he apparently won some gargantuan race over the weekend. It's some famous guy that's on this plane. I'm like, really? Is that right? And I slipped in the bathroom, right? And I come out, walk back to my chair and you do this, right? Which I didn't know you had done it. I thought this, the flight attendant had done it, right? So she came walking by 10 minutes later and I'm like, thanks for that. She, I didn't do it. I swear I didn't do it. But it was kind of a, a funny that, that she said it like that. And then two minutes later, we get this announcement on the PA. So uh, I didn't know at the time to be mad at you. I thought oh. I had to be mad at the flight attendant. Now Perfect. I know it was you. It was so, us. It was nice me alone. Me and Brian were sitting at the front of the plane. And that's a question everybody wants to know. Uh, nobody has asked it, but they want to know. That the number one question that came out of that is, why are you so far back? Why are you guys not in first class with the champagne? They're like, what's up with Greg Row 20? I'm a peasant, Joe. Is it really that simple? I'm a normal Joe like everybody else, and I have no problem with that. I told you I drive a 2007 Chevy shop truck. That's my, my daily driver, and I have zero issue with that. And, and people say, oh, why don't you drive something nicer? I'm comfortable in it. I'm just absolutely fine in my own skin. I don't have to have fancy stuff and, and I don't have to be treated any different. And, uh, you yeah, know, nobody's comfortable in road 20. Nobody's comfortable in road 20 or 30 yeah. on a plane. You're not comfortable, but you know what? No whining, no whining. <laughs> People checking in from Bahrain. So me and loans hatched the scheme and we did the deal and it worked out great. Uh, you can you can barely hear it uh, on the video, but uh, you could hear it. And when the voice of Brian Loans takes over the microphone on a plane, it confused a lot of people. But then afterwards, 
we we kind of thought, oh my gosh, we just ran like an operation on a plane in flight. <laughs> you took over the plane. Yeah. We bad idea, bad <laughs> idea. But we got away with it. We asked permission. Everybody, please, is this okay? And uh, and they all loved it. And uh, etc. This person, congrats, Greg. Wait until Houston to get win one hundred so I can see it in person. Uh, etc. And so on. All right. So here's one that I I have. Okay, Greg, what these are like basic questions from a five time champ, a super successful guy. Everybody says you're the hardest worker that they know. Kid Chaos, Dallas Glenn, rookie of the year, top to bottom. They all like, man, the guy's work ethic is incredible. So I want to like some nuts and bolts from like work life for Greg Anderson. I might have asked you some of this stuff in the past, but you were only, uh, you know, three or four time champ at that time. Okay, like what time do you wake up? Uh, 530. 5.30. 5.30. How do you wake up? Do you wake up to music? Do you wake up to an alarm? Do you alarm. just alarm? Okay. I'm pretty boring. I wake up at 5.30 every morning to an alarm. I, I have a, as my wife says, a routine. It drives her nuts. She's not a routine person. She, it, it just drives her completely nuts that I go through pretty much the same steps every morning. And, and I, I'm a routine guy, I guess. I'm just that kind of guy. I'm a structured type of guy. So I get up at 5.30. I go in the kitchen and I pour a cup of coffee. I feed the dogs. And I eat a couple of hard-boiled eggs before I go to the gym. I go to the gym. I'm to the gym by 6.15, 6.30. And I work out for an hour or so. And I hate to eat any more than that before going to the gym. That's why I eat hard-boiled eggs. So I don't like to have a big meal. So a couple of hard-boiled eggs, go to the gym, work out to the shop by, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock. So it, that, that's my routine every morning. And I don't stray far from it. And as I said, it drives my wife nuts. Yeah, but it's working though. Okay, gym stuff. Like, are you doing cardio? Are you doing curls? Are you lifting weights? What are you doing? I do all. I I, I definitely do cardio. Probably 30 minutes of cardio every morning and, and I lift weights. I'm not trying to be Mr. America or anything like that. But I, I find that if I don't do that, if I don't work out, if I don't lift weights, if I don't do, you know, some sort of physical strength exercise that that I feel terrible. I, I don't feel good. The aches and pains, they're they're worse. I have to do that every morning to feel right and and you know, basically get the body moving as stiff every morning and, and that helps a ton. So I, I can't imagine that. I've done it for probably at least 10 years in a row now. And I know the day that I stop doing that, I'll, I'll lock up the joints will get stiff and I'll get, you know, big as a house. Cause I love to eat. I eat a ton. And, and uh, you know, I, I figured this way I can still continue to eat and have a beer once in a while. If I go to the gym every day. Great. No, that's great. Okay. Creature of habit. We got it. Like, you know, lunch at KB, like whenever we ask you to do this, uh, you know, it's 12 or one, you guys do stuff, but do you go, do you go out to lunch? Do you pack a lunch? Is there like a local place? That's like the place that you always go. Do you always order the same thing? 90% of the time we, I eat in, I usually take something from the house that we've, uh, that Kim was cooked the night before and, and she always cooks big portions of everything. So I usually have leftovers for a day or two after she cooks and, and, not many days that I don't have something brought from home that I can eat at, at the shop. Once in a while, I have to go out, but I love being able to stay here and only kill 15, 20 minutes instead of leaving and, and killing an hour because there's nothing out close by our shop. It takes you pretty much an hour to go out and eat lunch. So uh, love the fact that I can do that. And, and uh, you know, I love Kim's home cooking. She's a great cook and, and uh, I have no problem with leftovers at all. That's great. That's great. I hope her voice came back after the big uh, championship <laughs> celebration. She could barely speak, but it was great. And okay, what about the end of the day? Like, when do you, when and how? Okay, I find it hard to like, today's over. 
right? And I'm not doing what you're doing because it's exciting. Like you're, oh man, if we make one more change, if we do one more thing, maybe we find some more horsepower. Let's get that thing on. So talk about like regulating how much work is too much work. Like when do you call it a day and go home and we, fall asleep? We try, Joe, to call it a day around six o'clock. And that that doesn't always happen because as you said, you're you're never done. You're always working on a project and you're never finished. You're never done. And well, hell, we're done. Now we just go to a race or whatever. You All you do as much as you possibly can until you have to load the cars up and go to the racetrack. But there's always many more things you want to do and could be doing. And that's the great thing that we have here at KB Racing. We've got a great shop with all kinds of equipment and we can build whatever we want to build with our own hands every day of our life. So there's never a shortage of things to do. And, uh, you know, a lot of them don't turn out. A lot of them are half cracked ideas, but it's still fun and it's still challenging and it's still trying to control your own destiny. So I love that part of it, but we shoot for six. Doesn't work all the time and that's just fine. Uh, you know, the wife's certainly used to that. So it's never a problem, but uh, we try to regulate it from basically eight to six every day. And we'll try and work basically a half a day on Saturday and, and kick off by three o'clock on Saturday and not work Sunday. That's our general routine. Awesome. Awesome. Ken and Deb Justice from Justice Motorsports saying congratulations. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, everybody using this opportunity to check in. Uh, Paul says that Jason should drive the new factory car. Um, one more. Lonnie says, uh, you know, music. I think you've answered this one in the past, but answer it again. Music. Greg oh. Anderson music. If you're jamming out, do you jam out? Like, what do you listen to? I'm a classic rock guy. I listen to classic rock on my uh, on my headphones every morning in the gym. It's just That's just me, I guess. I'm not in the country. It seems like everybody else in my family, my son, everybody's in the country. Jason's in the country. And that's what I get stuck listening to at the shop all the time is Jason's old, old, old country music. He's not new country. He's that old stuff. And all right. Well, that's okay. I don't even, I've never even heard these songs. I have no idea who the people are, and he knows them like like the back of his hand. All right, but give me a band name, though. Like a, like a band comes on that, you, oh, man, turn that up. That's who? Well, I like I like Led Zeppelin. I like all the classic rock guys. I, I like them all, and 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 uh, the Doors. I mean, all these old time bands are great to me. They're they're fantastic. I I don't feel that current bands can make music anywhere near as good as they used to back then. Maybe that's just me. I'm stuck back in the the '80s or whatever you call it. But I don't feel there's the talent that there used to be back when these guys made a song, and you don't hear that anymore. So I still love it. Well, it's uh, there's something to be said. I, I mean, people would disagree, but I think the uh, the the way music gets created now, right? Those guys like getting together and and like coming up the hard way, kind of like uh, everything, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I do want to have you speak on one person though. I got to have a nice conversation with Ken and Steve uh, Gold took this photograph. This is the one we've been talking about. First of all, man, he sounds great, and he had a great time at the rap party, and. You know, I, I, you're the face, you're the face of the deal, but without Ken, the deal doesn't happen. And so I just want to like give you an opportunity to talk about Ken Black and um, Ken and Judy and Judy was in on this deal this weekend. Oh my God, this past, like they, she was a big part of everything that happened. And uh, I just want them to be certain to get as much credit as they deserve for really like getting behind this whole deal. They're everything. He's he created this race team. He, he took a chance in me 21 years ago, 2001, I guess it was, when, when we started this race team. He took a chance in me, and he basically handed everything over to me, hire whoever you want, uh, buy whatever you need to buy. We're going racing, you know, full-time uh, professionally. We're going to race every single race. I'd never raced a full season in anything before. 
So he gave me the opportunity and he, he put 100% faith in me to build the team, basically. And, and I did that off of all the years that I had raced, all the people that I had raced against. I kind of picked out or knew who I had the most faith in could do the best at this job. And this guy could do the best at that job. And I set out to hire those particular people. And I think I batted about 100%. I got everybody I wanted to get to build my perfect team. But he allowed me to do that. And uh, he's he's just everything. He's like a second father to me. He's certainly the quarterback of our race team. He's not able to travel to every race anymore. He's he you know he went down with a stroke about ten years ago, and it's been difficult for him to travel. But he's still great in the mind. He still runs the business. He still handles all the bills and, and runs the business. But he basically lets us drive the ship where we want to drive it. So he's he's a hundred percent in my view the perfect team owner that puts 100% faith in you, supports you all the time, but handles all the details. So that's him. And Judy is 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 just the, the classiest lady I've ever met. It, it, it's just a great, great family and a, and a great pairing. And it's been a wonderful ride. And I just, I'm thankful that he can still come to the races, even though it's not that many a year, but obviously California and Vegas, he's able to get to. And he had the best time this weekend. He, he called the other day and it's what it's a week later now. And he's still just, floating he said he's on top of the earth and he's just he's, he feels so great all the aches and pains he had have gone away no pain pills no nothing he says everything's great so please keep doing what you're doing i i love it i i can't possibly even think about giving it up so keep doing what you're doing and i'm wow. so proud of you and I, i'm so proud of you at the same time amazing amazing stuff uh five pro stock races to start 2022 i know you guys checked out the schedule i was super happy about that uh starting at the winter nationals thank goodness i feel like that's very important and uh, just, you know, your thoughts on the schedule as you get ready for 2022. I know there's four races. Brainerd not on the schedule. There's a couple. I get it. It's a bit of a bummer. But if we're going to have this limited schedule, like seems to be the reason Pro Stock is doing so well, it's unfortunate. There are going to be some cities that don't see Pro Stock. Fans need to travel to more races. Uh, were you satisfied with the schedule? Well, yes and no. We, uh, you know, we talked about it beforehand. And we we definitely, they, they took our input and we offered some different scenarios than what it turned out to be. But Obviously, there's a reason for everything, so we got to live with it. The 18 race schedule, yes, we came to that a few years back to try and help the class because everybody else in the class outside of myself wanted to cut down, you know, to, to, to 18 from 22 or 24, whatever it was. So that's what it is, and that's what it took to make the class better. So now I'm okay with it. Um, I'd like to race more. I'd like to race every single race. I'm just a professional racer, and that's what I do. That's what I want to do every day. But the rest of the class definitely wanted 18, so that's the number. Yeah, I'm great with the number. Um, I particularly, uh, the, the one race that bothers me that's off the schedule for us next year is the first Charlotte race, which is a four wide in our own hometown, in, in Rick Hendricks' hometown. So I don't like that. And I'm going to obviously be lobbying for the next four or five months to try and get that one swapped back in. But uh, if I fail, that'll be a bummer. But but that's really the only problem I have with it. I can live with every other part of the schedule. I just want to see that one come back for Pro Stock because of all it means to this team you know, right here, my, my KB racing team. And, and obviously our tie in with Hendrick group. Absolutely. Well, and then the Hendrick group, I, I know there's been a lot of questions in the comment section, but I want to get you out of here because you've given us just about an hour of your time and that's enough for, uh, for the fifth championship. But uh, next week you'll be joining me on the EPAR trade uh, industry week press conference uh, deal, which is going to be cool. So there'll be more Joe and Greg kind of for a different audience though. And I don't think they'll be asking these type of questions, but um, I, I appreciate that. But the relationship with Hendrick though, Wow. And I hope it continues to grow. You've spoken with Mr. H. The guy is, um, I met him once. 
super class act, loves racing. You know, he bought the snake and mongoose cars. There's all of that. But the more he can be involved, I think the better for NHRA and pro stock. Absolutely. I, I believe the same thing. And, and what people don't understand probably is, is how much love he does have for drag racing. He started out drag racing. So it's, it's, you know, he's kind of going back to his roots, I guess you'd say. And he's getting a, he's getting a big, big kick out of this. He's proud of, of the, the relationship we've built together. And he's proud of what we did for obviously, you know, the Hendrick Automotive Group this year. They had a fantastic year. They won two championships. The Hendrick Cars com group won two championships how could you possibly ask for any more than that so that's all because of him he made that decision and uh, he's a brilliant man he, as you say he's cool he's smooth he uh, he oozes just just coolness you know he's just flat smooth and that's that's all it comes down to a great guy and i love the relationship and yes it's absolutely going to be a benefit to drag racing nhra drag racing and as i said the other day so is tony stewart coming into the class that, that's going to help as long as we kind of open our minds and, 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 you know, listen to some of the things that they've learned on their deal over there. We kind of consider them our big brother, I think, the, the NASCAR guys. So I think we can definitely learn some things from them. So let's welcome them and, and, and uh, take their advice, and, and maybe we can make this sport of drag racing even better than it is. Okay. I love it. And, and you know what? You're getting a lot of texts and, and people are texting you. And one of our, our listeners was like, ha-ha, that uh, – those phone dings are Alan asking to be let into the shop. Ha 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 ha. Right? Isn't that comedy? Except, I don't hear any dings, Alan. Except I just got a text from Alan that says, that is me dinging Greg's phone, LOL. <laughs> it's the premonition comes to pass. It happens. I'll Greg, just mute it. Put it on mute. <laughs> thank you for doing this. This is a, over and above the call of duty for the WFO universe. I really appreciate it. We had you on for all four of the wins. Spoke with you many times. Fifth championship, such a huge, huge deal. Thank you for uh, always being available to us on the show. And these listeners, you know, they're they're super diehard NHRA people who follow WFO radio. So thank you for all year long being available, making yourself available. And I think you got good things to come. I don't know how you're going to corral these kids, though. Dallas Glenn, Kyle Koretsky, like everybody involved. There's like a, a, a thing that the if you look at the standings compared to 2010 and now, like it's a totally different crop and it's going to continue to change. Congratulations and thank you again, Greg. Thank you so much, Joe. It's honestly an honor to be part of your show, buddy. I've had a blast with it. And you know what it means? It means you did something good. So thank you, Joe, for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Go get uh, lunch. Have a great day. Say hi to Jason. And uh, we'll see you soon. See you at PRI in a couple of weeks. And we'll see you on ePart Trade next week. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. There he goes. Greg Anderson with us here on WFO Radio. How about that, guys? How about that? The five-time champ and seeing all the people in the feed who like changed their opinion, came full circle, were rooting for Greg at the end. Uh, that is really amazing. And, you know, who's the favorite for next year? Going right into it. Like he's got to be considered the favorite or one of the favorites. And that team he has assembled with Rob Downing and, and Dave Connolly and everybody over there. Uh, congratulations to KB Racing. You guys did great. And thank you to everyone behind the scenes. Uh, for for being very helpful to us, as in WFO Radio and our our listeners, like the people that we've got together over 10 years of this podcast, we appreciate you. And on that note, speaking of which, look at this. What's that? Alan is watching. Uh, what's he watching on? <laughs> YouTube, whatever. I think he just knows that it's on. How about that? The funny, like, uh, you know, back and forth that is going on at all times. And that's what WFO is really all about, right? Like, there's some inside stuff going on here, which is great. 
And I appreciate it. Look, Carl Franken, Carl Cam. Good show, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate you, bud. Uh, thank you for coming on. All right, everybody. Final comments in the comment section. Like your thoughts about Greg, your thoughts about the season. If you have a couple of questions, uh, I will tell you a couple of stories about things that happened just between yesterday and today. But first, I want to thank the people who make it possible for me to do WFO radio, like our Patreons. These are members. They're VIP members. They pay a little something each month. They decide what they pay. I don't tell them what to pay. They decide. There's options. But they get Monday motivation. They get to watch the Ignition Show. They are part of our advisory board. They get some swag. They get a pin. All that stuff. Go to the website, WFORadio.com. Click the banner ad if you want to join or just check it out. You don't have to join. But if you wanted to and support the show, you certainly could. Uh, our friends at Nitro Fish all year long. Nitro Fish, the WFO 10th anniversary t-shirt was in the trailer. We're looking on getting another one up there uh, for 2021. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure. I really think this is a great gift, guys. Like, I know some people are like, that's a big gift. But for the right person, sending them on the Dragster Adventure at Frank Hawley's is a great idea. If you want to get your license, of course, or if you don't want to buy yourself a gift, that's allowed. FrankHawley.com. SamTech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology for the next generation of crew members and people working on these cars. Total Seal Piston Rings. Go check out the Gary Stinnett episode right now. Now you can do it. Hidden Horsepower, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. It's audio only. It's going to be up on their social feeds as well. Go hit them. TotalSeal.com. You can buy individual rings right from the website now. Pretty amazing. And Marvin Rodak, RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com. Hot sauces and spice rubs. Marvin getting in on the action with a little question for GA. Great stuff. Uh, 817-924-6821 for coffee that's better than the coffee that you're getting currently. That's all I can say. You know, this isn't his like branded coffee. This is coffee from around the world that is uh, the best in the business. If you want free stickers, send me a self-addressed stamped envelope. Simple as that. Castello Media slash WFO stickers, P.O. Box 848-353, Pembroke Pines, Florida, 33084. And uh, you do the work. I'm not filling out your address. You got to do that. That's what self-addressed stamped envelope is all about. And I will send you some WFO stickers. Maybe, you know, who knows, whatever else I got lying around. And there is a WFO radio store on the website, the WFO store. Once upon a time, we were hocking face coverings. Now that's mostly gone, showing the progress that we've made over the past year. But we do have an Amazon store with great gift ideas like the Warren Johnson book, the Don the Snake book. We've got all kinds of products and things up there in our, our store. If you don't know what to get the drag racer in your life, go to WFORadio.com's WFO store and our new merch store, which is doing very well up there. Everybody getting the gear. It's 35% off right now. You can all get there on WFORadio.com. And yeah, looking back at some of the photographs with Greg spending time with the fans in Atlanta and winning certain races here and there and thinking about it, it really could have been Many more, but the guy is absolutely developed into one of the faces of drag racing for years now. Like if, you know, years ago, it was always, uh, you know, Garlitz, Muldowney, Snake, and uh, Bob Glidden was always on the, the promos, the posters. Greg Anderson and Erica Enders and Pro Stock and Funny Car, it's, you know, John Force still and Ron Caps. Top Fuel's kind of wide open. Antron Brown and Steve Torrance, really, uh, when Tony comes back. But Greg Anderson, the guy has 99 wins and changed the game for pro stock with KB Racing from 
the Warren Johnson, Bob Glidden model to this more of a team concept model. And uh, that has been taken. And now Elite is running with the ball. And look at all the people they have employed over there. Uh, amazing. Congratulations to Greg. And uh, to all of you out there, all I can ask is that you support our sponsors and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Subscribe, click the bell on YouTube. All right, let's see what you guys got to say. So yesterday, I was telling Alan Reinhardt that I'm probably not going to go race the GTO. Alan uh, gave me, uh, you know, it was when the tires are dry rotted on the car to go out and run 106 miles an hour right after talking about tires blowing out because they're old and dry rotted and 10 years old is not a good idea. And so I talked to my dad about it. Should we try to get ties? Like, I don't know. Are we going to sell the car. I don't know. I don't know this. And I, my phone blew up and I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you exactly who, but it's Scott Palmer texts me. And he's like, I'm buying the tires. And I'm like, Scott, you're not buying the tires. He's like, I'm buying the tires. You're going racing. And I'm like, Scott, you're not, we're not doing that exactly. But it's anyway. So the idea is alive. The idea is alive. I want to see what my dad wants to do. Does he want to go up there and have me be racing? Or does he want to just kind of me drive up there and sit with him and take him around? Um, But wow, the WFO universe, like wanting to get us out on the racetrack. Just amazing. Even running sportsmen. And uh, Scott helping a lot of people, you know, fulfill their dreams at the top fuel level and at the, you know, regular sportsman ET racing level, the final Citrus Nationals. Pretty amazing stuff. I mentioned the WFO store. You can get all kinds of stuff now, guys. Wine, you know, wine goblets, all kinds of crazy stuff. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say. And then we'll wrap it up. The Champions Parade continues through the offseason. The Champions Parade. Let's see whatever it has to say and how fast we can complete this show. Right. Have a great Thanksgiving, Joe and Greg, Mr. H smart man. Yeah. Understatement. Him and Penske, you know, they're pretty smart, pretty smart guys. The more that those guys can be involved in anything, the better, whatever it is. And I do definitely believe that NHRA and everybody in it should listen to Tony Stewart and Rick Hendrick. You don't have to adopt everything they say. Because in the end, you know, drag racing is unique and they're going to adopt some of the concepts that uh, drag racing suggests, but listen to them. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And if you're listening beyond Thanksgiving, you miss Thanksgiving. Denise, he is the best. Mr. Black is the best. He was really great to me. It was the first long conversation I had with Ken Black and uh, we had a good time. It was great. Troy. WFO gets you closer to the sport than any other platform in any sport. So good. Wow, Troy, that's over the top. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Great interview, Joe. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for being out there. Thank you to everybody. It's a lot of thank yous right now. I'm going to stop saying thank you because people don't like that stuff, but I feel it. WFO, we're funny often. Yeah, wet furry otters. Great interview. Wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, we're going to have a great time, especially if you're a Patreon. Well, that's the thing about the Patreons, Troy. It's um, it's only a value if you think it's a value. There's a lot of people out there who, who don't understand what's going on there. And there's people who came on and didn't find it a value. And then there's you who think it's great. So that's why it's optional. We do the show for everybody. Great show, Joe says, Ken. Thank you, Ken. And uh, thank you for supporting ProStock. Maddie, what's up, Maddie? Blake, Joe, do you like watching a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving? I like it. I watch every year. Blake. 
Okay, so apparently I missed it. Apparently it was on Monday night and I missed it. But the good news is with the days of the internet, I love watching It's a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Christmas with the sad little tree. Love Charlie Brown. Come on. I'm 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 a, a I'm older. That was right in my wheelhouse. Charlie Brown. Watch it every year, Blake. Every year. Good show, Joe. Thank you, Tom. WFO schedule next week. Can't remember around the E-Part trade. Okay, so next week, E-Part trade. And I don't mind telling you all to go to that website to sign up to watch webinars uh, all weekend long. Like on Monday, I'll be doing a bit with Fuel Tech and uh, and others learning about fuel injection, et cetera. Tuesday, normal day on WFO, me and Reinhardt, one o'clock. But if you're watching the E-Part trade thing, um, they're going to have Ross Braun from Formula One. They're going to have Zach Brown from McLaren. Like they're going to have high level guests on this deal. If you're interested in Formula One on uh, Wednesday, I'll be doing a total seal rottler bit with uh, Lake Speed and Keith Jones and uh, Ed Keebler. But Doug Yates is going to be on there that day. Thursday, and I didn't write down everybody, just the stuff that I'm involved with. Like Thursday, Ray Evernham is going to start the day, but Greg Anderson is going to be on with me. It'll be me and Greg. To a different audience, though, like you guys love drag racing already. You already know everything about drag racing. This audience is the worldwide e-part trade, uh, e-part raid.com. Look it up. I'll post some links in my feeds. But uh, Greg will be on, and we're going to be talking about drag racing and parts and pieces and technology, kind of a different style interview. And then on Friday, we're going to have antron brown we're gonna have nhra we're gonna have music city we're gonna have you know maybe caps is gonna be involved at some point the folks at dart are gonna be doing a uh farewell to dick maskin it's gonna be really great and it's all free and it's all free and it's basically what i do on wfo every week except more product oriented and, and then uh, next week is uh pri which i'm going to pri back to the comments class act happy thanksgiving talking about greg uh, great job, Joe, again. Thank you, Doug. Thank you to everybody. Why didn't you hit GA with the mask airplane pick? You know, because I am flying the plane. Speaking of flying planes here, and I'm hitting him with all these pictures. I showed him a video. I did this. I did that. And that one slipped through the cracks. I'm a I'm a very bad self-promoter. You know, I gave the guy a mask because his mask was super sad. It was like, at the end of its life cycle, to say the least, this thing was done. And I was like, hey, man. And so the next race, he sends me the pick. Fly in the colors, Joe. And I thought that was great. So I, I don't know. I didn't see a point to saying, yeah, Greg, thanks for doing that again. But yes, thanks for doing that. Same Greg is such a big personality. We need to get these personalities to the masses. Um, He is a big personality. Some guy on one of the various Facebook groups posted something that Greg was boring. And I just don't, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I don't find that to be factual. Like all you have to do is talk to the guy and you, you know, all these different layers of things you could ask him about on top of what he does. Um, just like everybody though, there's people who there's, you do. That's why WFO exists guys. WFO exists so you can hear Greg Anderson for 50 minutes. Sorry to get loud. 50 minutes answering just rapid fire insanity questions from people and get to know him in a way that you can't in two to three minutes or even eight minutes. You know, radio stations, I question their uh, the way they do things. And that's why I do this. And I love this format. 
a lot of people will see that this lasts an hour and say, I don't have time to do it. I know, I know. And you will not gain the knowledge. You'll not gain the knowledge. The eight-minute interview can't possibly be what the prolonged conversation is. And that's our goal, to showcase who the people are. And it's not just true with Greg. It's true with Caps. It's true with Torrance. Look at all the people we've done, these really long-form interviews. And at the end of it, you know who I used to like? I used to like Larry King. And I used to watch Larry King live, live when I was a kid next to my mom. And you learn about people. Not that he was the best there ever was, but you learn for the hour. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Hello. You'd learn about people in ways that these short form interviews, you just can't possibly. You have to ask the surface questions. I like, you know, he, he gets up with an alarm. That's my new big question. I want to know everybody. Like, how do you, what do you wake up to? What do you wake up to? Is it an alarm? Is it music? Me, I'm, I've transitioned to music. I listen to a song. I wake up to a song. It's not always the same song. It's different songs depending on what I have to do. What am I going? What am I doing? I've got like a, you know, a hot list of songs that I feel are okay to wake up to. And I think that tells you something about me and the personality that I am. And so I want to get to those questions. Like what, what do you wake up to? What song? If you have an iPhone, you can wake up to any song you want, every, any song you own. Or maybe the alarm, you know, the submarine dive alarm. Eh, 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 that's terrible. Or maybe an old school alarm clock. Um, all of those things. Like to me, that's an interesting, very personal question. When you're asleep and you wake up, what is it that wakes you up? And some people would say my wife's snoring or some people would say the dog jumps on me. Like to me, that's let you know about the person. And that's our whole goal here. Our whole goal. Like we, you know, we want to make new drag racing fans, honestly. But if you find WFO, chances are you're already a fan. How do we make you a better fan, a deeper fan, a more understanding fan, someone who's got a resistance to the fake information, someone who can educate someone who is obviously writing something uh, ridiculous on the web. That's what this show is all about. We're not the biggest. We're not the best. We do what we do, and you either like it or you don't, and that's it. And we've survived for over 10 years now. Let me buy that guy. Uh, let let the guy buy the tires. Uh, well, there's more to it. Like, what if my dad, you know, like he wants to go and, and he wants, but but me racing is going to be like, let me handle it, okay? One way or another. One way or another, we'll figure it out. But how about Scott Palmer? Like, wow, that's really cool. He would do that for you. I was shocked when I got the test message. Not that he was doing it, but that he's listening to the show on a regular basis. Even though Scott always tells me he listens. Go racing. Thanks, Scott Palmer. It's all about the Scott, says Scott Bell. Thank you, Scott, who's a Patreon, who is a Patreon who supports the show in his own way. Derek, is Scott Palmer going to dance in 2022? I don't know. We're going to find out. Rachel Joe, happy Thanksgiving, says Mike. Great, says Mark John, who is really Mark Caruso, who's incognito. Hello, sir. I wish I knew who that was. Hello, sir. Hello to you. And a good day to you, sir. That's me doing Walter from uh, Lebowski. And a good day to you, sir, when the guy's in the iron lung and they go in and they mess with the kid, right? I know this is your homework, son. You're in a world of pain, son. This is what happens, Larry. This is what happens. Will there be a Southern Sportsman Showdown this year? Unknown. I put the question in. I did hear that they're they're talking about it, but I that's not for me to say yes or no. 
No Heat Miser. I obviously watched it. It was just buried in my mind. Uh, I forgot. Ed, I show great show. Jumped in late today. Did you say you're going to PBIR this weekend? That is my intention to go to PBIR one way or another. It is probably the last Citrus Nationals at Moroso Motorsports Park and uh, Palm Beach International Raceway. Dave Richards is there. Bob Zelag is going to be there. I got a lot of people that I know they're going to be there. Uh, my friend Lee Neal is going to run his Camaro and Sportsman. It's a bit of a catastrophe. They didn't have the Sportsman category or Quick 16 on their pre-race flyer for the past two months. And many of us inquired, like, why are you not running these categories? And they're like, uh -uh. and then yesterday they were like, oh, we're adding categories. And so they added the category that I could run in the GTO, except now all the preparatory work that I would have done over the last two weeks, three weeks preparing because I didn't because they weren't going to run the class. I have to figure out how to do it one in one day. Um. And that's the deal. Like, maybe I just go hang, right? Like, I bring my dad. We drive around in the pits, and he sees his friends. Maybe we just hang. I got to see how he's doing, how he feels going out there. You know, my dad's, uh, you know, in a – I don't want to get you into all that, but constant state of, you know, pain. So we'll see how he feels, and that will dictate the rest. Maybe I'll, you know – and now I can't drive the car with the, the tires. That's been a problem. But, yeah, my intention is to go. Happy Thanksgiving, AJ. No driver is boring. Even Josh Hart, who's quiet and has his own personality. Josh Hart is the, quite the opposite of boring. And Josh has been great. Um, you know, I, I give like a pointer or two. I like to think I know, you know, personality coach, media coach. That's a, that's a gig that I do on the side off the air with certain drivers. And um, I feel like I have a pretty good indication of what the fans want to hear from certain drivers and who's been successful over the years. And so there's no boring drivers. There's only boring presentation. And you obviously have to have situational awareness. I always respected that he and Jason ran heads up often against each other, no matter the circumstances. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, I just wake up at 6 a.m. You just wake up, right? Some people just wake up. My dad, Marine Corps, always just wakes up, right? For all his life, for the most part, 5 a.m. or 4 a.m., whatever it was. Ringtone on my cell. Here they come now. Scott Palmer is cool. Yes, always has been. Met Scott Palmer at the Mile Highs this year. Loved the uh, door car and super comp. Well, let me tell you something about Palmer now with the Nitro Pro Mods. That's all I'm saying. Great show, Joe. First time I listened. Really, Craig? Oh, it's Craig Trouble. All right. When are you and... Uh... Oh, man. Anyway. There's going to be a match race with no bar motorcycles, right? Michael Phillips and you thought you guys went on pro stock motorcycles without a wheelie bar for like big money. I heard about that a couple of years ago and I want to bring it back. Craig, I want to bring that back because that sounded cool. Have a great Turkey day. Thanks Joe from Montana sprint car, uh, sprint cart association. Thanks Gary. I uh, appreciate you guys out there. The Montana sprint cart association. Or Sprint Carts Association. That's cool. Montana. I haven't been up there. It's one state I haven't been in. What's your dad's name? I would like for my family and I to keep him in our daily prayers. His name is Joe also. Papa Joe. Take the tire, help, and go racing. Everybody's saying that. It's not about that. I'll let Palmer buy me tires if he wants. Like, uh, we'll support something on WF. It's a WFO sponsorship. So we can go out and promote the show. Makes perfect sense. 
best racing podcast. You guys are so great. And I tried just to drop the little inside Matt Hartford's pit. Yeah, there's a new pro stock video that is one of my favorites because it was done absolutely under duress at the Auto Club Finals. Running around doing five different social media bits within 25 minutes. Uh, the Ashland Sacchetti Volkswagen Beetle deal. I've got a question on my uh, Twitter. Do you call it a beetle or a bug? Please participate. WFO Joe on Twitter. I want to know, is it a beetle or a bug? Please participate on Twitter. But Ashlyn Sacchetti, the update, because she had crashed and we had to tag it with the new car and the new deal and the Hartford deal. And to me, it's a benchmark for the rest of them. Like Hartford was great under pressure, right? Under pressure. Like we got to go. We're going up to the lanes to try to, for final qualifying, to try to qualify number one. And so go watch that, please, and share it around. Holbrook officially going uh, factory experimental racing on Competition Plus. Uh, why wouldn't he? What's up, Steve Brenwald? Paul Dagrapont. Man, we got like pro mod racers and we've got the whole world on there. And so let me just say this. Please give me five more seconds to say thank you, all racers. Over the course of an NHRA season, there are countless times where I come into a pit ask you some information you've probably already told me in the past to reiterate or clarify or something that's going on. And over the course of the year, people tell me a lot of stuff and give me a lot of welcoming, friendly moments. Ask me if, if I want a water. Do you want a water? Yes. Oh my gosh. I definitely want a water. Thank you. Um, to the listeners, I cannot stress enough how much of what you get here on WFO and also at the National Hot Rod Association when I'm on NHRA.TV and on the microphone, comes from the racers and their being welcoming to me in their business, pit area. You know, just walking. There was a time, and I still feel this way, where I'm uncomfortable just walking into someone's pit. Like, that's their private area. Like, when you go to someone's house, do you walk into their bedroom? Probably not, right? Like, you've, that's an area, like, that's their spot. That's how I feel about everyone's pit. And so, you know, building trust with racers over the years, building trust with people. I'm here for the right reasons. I love this sport. I love what you're doing. I want to showcase it. I'm not in, in any way going to submarine anybody. I'm, you know, trying to help NHRA be something better than it is and better than it is tomorrow so that we can all make a living and go and enjoy and have a great time. And it all starts out with the racers being welcoming. So thank you, racers. And for the listeners of WFO Radio, logging on, sharing the show, telling your friends. This guy is, uh, you know, he comes on every couple of days and he, he's trying his best to talk drag racing as best as he can from South Florida. Thank you, listeners. And our sponsors, Marvin Rodak and Frank Hawley's and Sam Tech and people who jump on like Torque Calibration Services of Australia and, uh, you know, Nitro Fish. And I mentioned Frank Hawley and there's one that I'm not saying for whatever reason. It's like not popping into my mind, but that's why I have these total seal piston rings. Marvin Rodak. Like these are companies that covet your ears. Maybe you're not buying piston rings right now. But when you do. You'll remember that they're the reason that I'm here. And uh, we've got some people that are interested in coming on board next year as sponsors for WFO radio to let me continue to do this. And I always felt like WF our Patreons, of course, 
I always felt like WFO is my racing team. This is it. This is what I do. You, you know, people have got the side of a car and I've got this and we get together with people a couple times a week. And uh, it's been great. And big thanks to the people like Dave and Sue Morris who did something cool for Tommy noodles and the people at home who are helping me chase my racing dreams someday, like Lee and Corey and people who have been part of this all year long. Uh, thank you. Remember flying Ryan Ayler, this guy, December 29th, the big match race, Joe versus pro at Showtime drag strip in Tampa, Florida, eighth mile drag racing is Mustangs flying Ryan. I'm sorry. I did that to you guys. It's saying couldn't all be nice. Couldn't all be fun. That's the thing. There's got to be balance in the universe. And you were all very, you know, very vulnerable, very vulnerable to that. And so I built you up and I got you all feeling all happy. And then I nailed you. Bang. The chip shot. Flying Ryan. There's got to be a little edge. It is WFO. After all, it is WFO. Speaking of which, go to the merch store. Get your sweatshirts and your hoodies and your long sleeve t-shirts and your coffee mugs. Get it. And everybody's been posting. It's been pretty amazing. Steve, I used your picture. Thank you. I'm working on a long-term project for comp. We're working on a bunch, Craig Treble. Michael is the crazy one to ride no bar. Not this guy. All right. All right. I get you. Welcome in our pit anytime. Thank you, everyone. No, it's been it's been a great year. Okay, so remember, next week we'll be back with Alan Reinhardt. Cracking the whip. I got it. What I'm going to do right now is go investigate uh, tires. See what, see what's up. And then we'll advance the, the ball, the storyline. We got a little mini thrash situation over here. The one you took of me and Ken Black. This one. Thank you for doing that. It was very kind of you. And I appreciate it. All right, guys. That's all I got. We'll see you next week. If you're going out to Palm Beach for the last Citrus Nationals, 40th, and I'm there, look me up. And we'll be back with Reinhardt on Tuesday. Watch my social feeds for that e-part trade thing. Um, you're going to want to, you like racing, you're going to want to be a part of it. All right, guys, take care. WFO, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family.